0: get gas when Salvador Maria Amore opened this gas station that's what they intended to do repair transmissions sell gas but before long Maria would bring in food for her husband and his crew and uh the customers began to want some and she made pizza and not just any pizza she made pizza with thick crust and it kind of fought back at you it didn't melt I mean it was just chewy and good and 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 real thick sauce with big chunks of tomato in it and she would saute her mushrooms for 24 hours and thick cut pepperoni and three kinds of cheese and before long, they were selling more pizza than gas. And they were selling more pizza than he was making repairing transmissions. They shut it down. And he just said, well, let's be a pizzeria. So he, uh, he, he, he took the place where they repaired cars. And he had a lot of license plates. So he just hung up license plates. And they put booths. And it became the, the license plates room. And it, it was booming. He thought, well, we need to build another room. And a few years later, they, the, the Beatles were really hot. And so they built a Beatles room. John Paul, Ringo George, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Beatles room. And and it continued to grow. A few years later, they thought we'd need another room. And so they built a psychedelic room. It's kind of a psychedelic rock era and beads and white lights and, you know, and all this. And finally, Maria, Maria Amore, Salvador's wife, put her foot down and said, No. If we have any more rooms, we're going to have one room with class on only one more room. And so they bought 16 Tiffany lamps at auction. And they built a Tiffany room. You would go through the license plate room and through the Beatles room, through the psychedelic room, take a little turn, go up a couple steps, and they had a little room there with with booths and and Tiffany lamps. It was very nice. Now, the growth of Amores right outside of Madison, Wisconsin, was really um, fueled by the growth of the University of Wisconsin. The Wisconsin students really loved the place. And so there was one young couple named Tom and Janet and they had been there all through their undergraduate years and now it's their senior year, they're about to graduate and it's at that point in a relationship where they they don't really know uh, how it's going to end, you know And, and it was during finals week that Tom calls Janet he says, hey, let's have supper tonight at Amore's and she says, Tom, I got two papers and a test, I can't he said, you gotta eat, she says, I can't he said, you gotta eat one hour, she says, okay So Thursday night came and and she went and, and Salvador's behind the booth. He said he's back in the Tiffany room. So she goes through the license plate room and through the Beatles room and through the psychedelic room, takes a little turn, goes up a couple steps. And when she looks in the Tiffany room, she stops and freezes because all of the booths are pushed aside. And all of the Tiffany lamps are turned off except one in the middle. And it is over a a, a table that, uh, just one table in the middle of the room with one Tiffany lamp on it, and and the table has a white, crisp, iron, uh, linen uh, tablecloth, and it has real bone china, white, with a gold rim around it, and real nice silverware, and stemware, and and it had a napkin folded like a swan coming out, and a vase with, with yellow yellow roses in it. And as wonderful as all that looked, the thing that was the most unusual was Tom standing next to the table, and he's in a three-piece suit. Now, he's he's a forestry major. She had never seen him in anything but flannel and blue jeans, and here he is in a three-piece J.C. Penney, $69.95, best suit he could afford, and he couldn't quite get the tie all the way tied, right? And he's nervous, and he's sweating, and he pulls out a seat for her, and he pushes her in, and when she sits in the seat, and she looks down at the Plate, there's a little box on the plate and it's a white box and there's a big yellow ribbon on it and she looks up at Tom and Tom says mm. she, she picks it up she takes the ribbon off and she puts it here she takes her fingernail and she slices through the scotch tape and she takes the paper out she folds it and then she folds it and then she folds it and she folds it one more time puts it aside women do this and, and it reveals a white box. And she opens the white box. And inside is a little gray velour box. And at this point, Tom gets down on a knee. He takes the box. He takes the gray velour box. And Janet's shaking. She's thinking, oh, no. Is this what I think it is? Is this? I don't know. I, she's, and he opens the box. There's a little simple white gold band with a tiny little quarter carat diamond on it. And he recites the first poem she had ever heard him recite. Janet, it would be the joy of my life if you would concede to be my wife. She nods through her tears and he puts the ring on her finger. And that's the cue. Salvador and Maria are back there and they come out banging pots and pans and everybody celebrates. They bring them the pizza and it's a wonderful day. Let's press pause on that story. We'll come back. Let's go back 2,000 years to the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is teaching. He's in a boat, Simon's boat. And he dismisses the crowd. And, uh, and then he turns to Simon and he says, let's cast, cast out for a, deep, for, for a bigger catch. Let's go fishing, in other words. Now, Simon had fished all night long. And they got skunked, didn't catch a thing. And Simon knows a lot about fishing. He knows Jesus knows a lot about other things, but Jesus doesn't know squat about fishing. He doesn't know how to say no to Jesus, but he wants to. But he thinks, I can't say no. Maybe he thinks I'll say something and he'll get the clue. And he says, well, Jesus, he said, uh, as a matter of fact, we fished all night long and haven't caught a thing. Expecting Jesus to say, oh, okay, in that case, well, let's, 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 let's go another time. But Jesus doesn't. Jesus just looks at him. Father Peter says, okay, but because you say so, we'll go. That's exactly what he says. Luke chapter 5. But because you say so, we'll go. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good thing to say to Jesus because he says things to us that sometimes don't make sense, right? It's good to say, but because you say so, let's go. So they did. Now, they're rowing out there. Peter's thinking to himself, huh, why? Why didn't I just say, no, he's exhausted. He's spent all night fishing. He wants to go to bed. And finally, Jesus said, here, let's fish here. And and so Peter reluctantly throws out the net. He's looking off the horizon just thinking, this is a fool's errand. When all of a sudden, he feels a bump and then a bump. And then it's almost like his, his shoulders are getting torn out of sockets. And it seems like the fish from all over the lake are swimming just for the privilege of jumping in this net. And and Peter yells to James and John to bring their boat, and they struggle with this net. They bring all these fish, and they put them in the the boats, and and, in Luke, the fifth chapter, where you can read this story, I hope you will, it it, it says the boats were in danger of sinking. Now, I've been on the Sea of Galilee. I've been in one of these boats, a boat that they say was like the ones the disciples used. I mean, to sink one of those puppies would take a lot of fish. The gunwales come up way up here. And and so this is a miraculous catch. This is no ordinary catch. This is a once in a lifetime catch. Now, most of us know what Peter does next, which is too bad because it deprives us of, of thinking what were the options for him to do. Some of you don't know the story, which is good for you because you think, what would his response be? If you don't know what his response is, imagine with me. I think the first response would be celebration, right? Everybody jumping up and down and fist bumping and chest bumping and yes, he doesn't do that. Another one would be for Peter to pull Jesus aside and say, uh, pull out his calendar. Say, uh, when do you want to go fishing again? Or, or maybe you know there's there's a, there's a tv character in our culture that's so iconic that even if you've never seen mayberry you know who barney fife is and maybe he would do a barney fife where he put his he put his thumbs in his belt and just say well some of us know how to fish around here barney <laughs> he doesn't do that instead he falls on his knees brings him up to his chest and flopping fish and he says depart from me Lord I'm a sinful man which is what Jesus wanted to hear Jesus is looking for disciples and he needs to be sure he finds people who will give him credit people he, he can do his work through but aren't going to get the big head and think that they're the magic they struggle with this with, with both boats bringing the, the catch on shore and then Jesus said leave those and follow me and they do they, they leave this miraculous catch and they follow Jesus and they follow him hard and they're with him for three years they follow him let's press pause on that we'll come back let's go back to Madison Wisconsin and 10 years have taken place now 10 years they've been married 10 years And Tom has progressed rapidly in the forestry service in Wisconsin. He's traveling a lot, usually about two weeks a month he's on the road. He's coming home one one week and he's coming home two days early. He got his work done and he's driving around Madison and he thinks to himself, ah, I'm going to stop at a Amore's and pick up a pizza for Janet and, and the kids. And so he goes in and he orders a, a pizza, thick crust, that sauce with the big chunks of tomato and the, and the, and the mushrooms that have been sauteed for 24 hours and thick cut pepperoni and three different kinds of cheese that he just is salivating, waiting for. He's sitting there and he hears laughter. And and he wouldn't have thought anything of it. But there are some people that have distinctive laughs. And his wife is one of them. She doesn't so much laugh as snort. (laughs) That kind of of laugh, right? And he hears this. And so he thinks, that sounds like Janet. And, And so he gets up and he goes through the license plate room. And he goes through the Beatles room. He goes through the psychedelic room. He turns. He goes up a couple steps and he stops. Because as he looks in the Tiffany room he sees there's only two people in the room one is Janet his wife and she's laughing she doesn't see him and then another he doesn't know who it is it's just a guy with a bald spot in the back of his head he's looking at the back of him and, and this guy is telling a story and he can see him gesturing and finally he gets to the point where he kind of tells a punchline and Janet throws back her head in laughter and when she brings her head back down she sees Tom in the doorway And her face suddenly changes from laughter to horror and terror and tears just shoot out of her eyes and and she begins to weep and she gets up and she runs and she ducks and she runs around Tom and she goes down to the ladies room. Tom goes over to the booth and a guy's getting out and and, and Tom recognizes him, it's his second cousin. Tom grabs him by the shirt. He lifts him off the ground. Tom's a big dude. He's about to cold cock him when he thinks better of it, and he just throws him against the wall. Tom marches down right by the ladies' room, doesn't stop, goes to the front counter, peels off a couple of 20s, and he says, Give that pizza to somebody who's, who's hungry. And he drives off into the night. Let's press pause. We'll come back. Let's go back. 2,000 years and we find that Peter who was Simon, Simon Peter, is, uh, is, in, is in quite a quandary. He, he had never had an argument the way he had just had an argument with Jesus. In his mind Jesus was just talking weird stuff. They just had a dinner and Jesus did this deal with bread. He said this is my body broken for you. And he gave wine. He said, this is my blood spill for you. And Peter's thinking, what is this? And then he said, you're all going to leave me. You're all going to run and scatter. And Peter says, no, 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 no. <laughs> They'd have to kill me first. Is that right? That's right. No, as a matter of fact, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And, and Peter says, Lord, Lord, get real. I will never do that. And he couldn't talk Jesus out of it. Peter thinks, what is up? This is a weird night because... They were expecting Jesus to announce his kingdom any moment and, and, you know, bring an army, whether from earth or down from heaven, and knock off Rome and establish the earthly kingdom here. That's what they expected. Instead, Jesus led them all to a garden. He, He left most of the disciples at the entry, and he took Peter, James, and John into the inner core, and he said to them, stay awake and pray with me. And he goes on and he prays. He comes back, and they're asleep. He says, Wake up. Pray with me. He goes on. He prays some more. He comes back. He says, fellas, my soul is, is, is wearisome to the point of death. Pray with me. He goes and prays. He comes back there asleep. He says, wake up. Here comes my accuser. And here comes Judas leading a, a line of temple guards and Roman guards carrying torches. Judas comes right up to Jesus, kisses him on the cheek. Peter, wanting to be true to his word, pulls a little dagger out of his robe and lunges at the head of the first guard. The guy sees it coming, he he ducks his head and it just just lops off his ear. Jesus picks it up, puts it back on the guy's ear and it heals him instantly. And while everybody's stunned with that, Jesus says, you're coming for me, not for them. And and that was the cue, the disciples all ran and scattered. But, But they ran far enough away that they know they weren't being chased. So they stood and watched what happened. And they couldn't believe it. They saw Jesus put his hands in front of him. They saw him put his ankles together and they wrapped Jesus in ropes and chains. They hung his head and they let him off like a, like a captive. They'd always seen Jesus escape these things, but he wasn't even trying Peter thought better after a while and decided to find where Jesus was. And he was at the high priest's home and there was a kind of a kangaroo court going on. And John was already there. and So John led him into the courtyard. Peter comes in and he's warming himself by this charcoal fire. When three different people come up to him and say, hey, you've got a Galilean accent. You, you must be with that guy. And Peter says, no, 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 no. I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's warming himself by a charcoal fire. Somebody else says, surely you're one of that man's disciples. He said, no, no, I don't know him. Finally, a little kitchen maid comes and says, you're one of his. And the Bible says he calls curses down on his own head. So I don't know him. At this point, they had already brought Jesus out to the courtyard. Jesus looks up and Peter looks at Jesus. Their eyes make contact. The rooster, waiting for his cue, is off stage right and begins to crow. Peter, he breaks. He just begins to weep and he turns and he runs and he runs and he runs and he runs until his legs wouldn't carry him any further and he collapses and he weeps and he weeps. Jesus goes on. the mockery of trials, he goes to Pilate and Pilate sends him to Herod and Herod sends him back to Pilate. Pilate doesn't want anything to do with him. He wants to release him, but he's getting political pressure. So he has him beat within an inch of his life, thinking that would satisfy him, but they want him crucified. And finally, Pilate washes his hands of the whole deal and he acquiesced and he signs the papers that Jesus could be crucified. Jesus carries this beam through the city. And when he can't carry it anymore, they gave it to somebody else to carry for him. But they, they, they lay it down on the ground. They threw Jesus on it. And spikes begin to get shoved through his wrist. And Jesus looks up at the faces of these Roman boys and beyond into heaven. And he says, Father, don't hold this against them. They, they don't know what they're doing. They hoist the cross up and he hangs there. Finally, he says, it is finished. Jesus pays the price for your sin and my sin and Peter's sin and the sin of the world. (laughs) But he doesn't stay dead, does he? He raised, he's raised to life on Easter Sunday morning. We'll come back to that story. Let's go back one last time to Madison, Wisconsin. Tom and Janet are trying to make it work. It's been a year since the affair. For six months, Tom lived with his cousin. But then six months ago, he moved back in with Janet. But it wasn't going good. And the reason was because Janet wouldn't forgive herself. She was so full of shame that she wouldn't even look Tom in the eye. When he tried, she just would divert her eyes. Even when they were being intimate, she she wouldn't meet him in the eyes. He said to his pastor, I I don't know if this is going to work. After a year, he needed to resume his travel schedule. They gave him a year off from traveling just to work on his marriage. On Monday morning, he he kisses her and he says, now listen, I'm going to be gone all week. I'll be back Friday and we'll go out on a date. She says, okay. And as he goes up the road, she sits on the couch and cries and she says, I know he's thinking. He's thinking I'm going to have an affair. On Wednesday, Janet gets a call from her best friend Rhoda. Rhoda said, hey, let's go out tonight. She says, I can't. She said, let's go. I'll get a sitter for you. I'll pay for it. So she gets in Rhoda's car and they're they're going. She turns to Rhoda and said, where are we going? She says, amores. And Janet says, no, (laughs) no, I'm never going to amores again. She says, we're going to amores. They get there and Janet is not happy. I mean, she is just mm, not happy. They go in. Now, Now Salvador and Maria have since retired. And they say to the guy behind the desk, and, and, and Rhoda speaks up and says, we want a booth in the Tiffany room. And Jenna says, we're not going to the Tiffany room. And she is so mad. She says, Tiffany room. She grabs Janet by the elbow and almost drags her through the license plate room, through the Beatles room, through the psychedelic room. They go up a couple steps. And when she gets to the top of the steps and looks into the Tiffany room, she she freezes because she's aware of two things. Number one, she's aware that somewhere along the line, Rhoda disappeared. The second thing she's well aware of is the Tiffany room only has one Tiffany lamp lit. All the booths are pushed aside. And under the one Tiffany lamp in the middle of the room is one table with two chairs. And the table was set with a white crisp table, white linen tablecloth. And on it is bone china with a, a rim of gold around it, real silverware, crystal stemware with, with a napkin folded like a swan's coming out of it and, and a vase with, with yellow roses in it. And there next to the table is is Tom in the same suit he's worn twice before. Once when he proposed, once when they got married, and now the third time. It fits worse now. He couldn't get the neck anywhere close to button. But he's nervous and he's sweating. They don't say a word to one another. He pulls out a chair and she sits down. And when she sits down, she looks at her plate and they're on her plate. It's a little white box with a yellow ribbon around it. He nods to her, she picks it up and her hand's shaking. She undoes the bow and she puts it aside. She kind of rips the paper off and it falls to the floor, revealing a white cardboard box and she takes the lid off and inside is a little gray velour box with a spring hinge. Tom gets off of his white steed and gets down on one knee. He takes a little gray box and he's on a knee and he tries to look her in the eye but her head fell. So he lifts her chin so he can look but as her head is lifted her eyes drop and he gets lower so he can look at her in the eye. You know there are times when what you want to say it's too important to use your mouth. And his eyes spoke to her. And he said, Janet, we can't go on like this. I have forgiven you. I want to make this work. You've got to forgive yourself. You've got to get beyond this. Let's 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 make this work. And as his eyebrows raised, to raise the question, can we make this work? And she nods yes, no words. She nods yes, he opens the box and it reveals a big diamond ring like a carrot and a half. He takes the old ring off of her and he flicks it across the floor, it bounces. He takes the ring and he puts it on her finger. She just looks at it. He gets up and he kisses her on the forehead He walks over to the corner of the room, fishing a quarter out of his pocket, and he puts the quarter in the jukebox and presses D28. He walks back to her. He picks her up and puts her arms behind his neck and puts his hands at the small of her back. They begin to dance. (laughs) Look Look at them. (laughs) Oh, they're kissing. They're really kissing. We better give them some privacy. Soul. Jesus appeared to the disciples a number of times, but my favorite appearance is found in John 21. The disciples had spent the entire night fishing and hadn't caught anything. Morning came and there was a fog on the lake. They couldn't see who was on the shore, but somebody yelled out and said, "How's the fishing?" They said, not good. And he said, well, throw your nets on the other side. You probably know this story. The nets were filled with 153 large fish. And John elbows Peter and said, that's got to be the Lord. Peter swims ashore. Sure enough, it's the Lord. He no sooner gets there that the disciples say, help us with this net. And they drag it ashore. Jesus said, bring some of that fish here for breakfast. They have breakfast together. And after breakfast, Jesus turns to Peter three times. You know this story. He turns to Peter three times he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, you you know I love you. Good. Feed my sheep. Oh, okay. A few minutes later, second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Lord, yes, You, you know I love you. Good. Feed my sheep. Okay, but it happened a third time. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Lord, you know, you know all things. You know I love you. Good. Feed my sheep. Now I don't know about you. That helps me. You know, the fire that Jesus built here on the beach was a charcoal fire. The fire that Peter warmed himself amidst three denials was a charcoal fire. The reason I mention that is the Bible does. There's only two places in the entire Bible that Greek word is used. Once where Peter denied Jesus and once where Jesus built the fire himself. I don't think it's coincidence. There's a lot of things going on in this story. There's a very simple thing going on of mathematics. A negative three and a positive three. Put them together, zero, he can start again. That's good. But there's something deeper going on. Jesus is speaking to Peter's identity. He's saying, "Peter, would you look out there? Would you look out there? Do you see? No, you don't. There's sheep out there. That's what. And that's where I need you to concentrate your vision. I created you as a shepherd, but you're not there because you're in the past. You're licking your wounds. I tell you, let your sin bury its sin. Let the dead bury the dead. I forgave you a long time ago. Let's feed sheep." Ah, it helps me. There are times in, in your life perhaps when something comes up from yesterday, whether it was six months yesterday or 16 years or 30 years ago yesterday. Maybe you're in bed and, and, uh, and you remember something, you sit up and you grab your bed sheets till your knuckles turn white and you say, why did I do that? Or, why did that happen? And it buries you in yesterday. And you think things like, I think God has had it up to here with me. Or you think things like, I think I have tried God's last nerve of patience. And yet Paul calls the Lord the God of unlimited patience. And I believe the Lord would say to some of you today, would you look out there? Would you look out there? I made you for something. And you need to let this go. You need to allow my forgiveness, my redemption to cover you. So we can go do this. I love what Tim has done. I love Tim Fisher. I I, I love his vision. He's called today uh, redemption. You know, Peter lived with Jesus three years. Saw all the miracles. Saw him raise the dead and denied him. And yet Jesus said, I don't hold that against you. I forgive you. Let's feed sheep. a little prayer we pray here let's put it on the screen let's pray together then we're going to do some more work would you read this with me Jesus I need you I believe you are the savior of the world that you gave your life to forgive my sins so that I could have eternal life thank you for loving me I'm saying yes to you, Jesus, come into my life. I will follow you, amen. The reason I didn't have you stand is because I think the Holy Spirit would like to do a deeper work. There may be some here. something happened. Maybe a divorce, maybe an affair. Maybe you took something. Maybe somebody did something horrific to you. From time to time, an evil finger presses play on the recorder of your brain. And that episode begins to play. and You just recoil and you say... Ugh! did that happen why did I do that and you're stuck and you think things like if if only that hadn't happened God could use me if only that hadn't happened I could be so assured of his love covering me but now I know I'm I'm second class and you're wrong where you've been, I don't care what you've done. He has more grace than we have sin. His grace is enough. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. I'm gonna ask the house lights to come up so that I can see you a little bit. And if I've just talked about you, you're one of the ones that has something that just has you anchored in the past, and you can't seem to forgive yourself. If that's you, I want you just to look at me and I'll acknowledge that I see your eyes and then you can bow your head, okay, okay, yeah, I see that, yeah, I got you, yeah, yeah, I got you, thank you, yeah. See you. See you. Got you. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I caught everybody. Maybe I missed somebody, but with your heads bowed. In a moment, I want to have you stand. And if you raise your eyes and you look at me, I'm gonna ask you to take one more step. I want to ask you to come down forward here. Just stand and let me pray with you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. We're not gonna pray individually. No one's gonna ask you what it is that you know happened before. I just want to make sure every chain that has bound you to the past is left in this room. Let the Lord deal with it. And you walk out free. Would you stand, no one looking around? If we can pray with you and you say, you know what, enough's enough. I want to leave this behind me. You want to come down and let us pray with you, you come on down, you come on down. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's good, that's good. could be you have somebody you dearly love up here and we don't really have room for people to get around to everyone so if there's somebody here you really love would you just put out a hand we're going to pray for him my father in heaven i lift up to you these precious ones that you love so much i don't know what it is that the enemy is is reminding them of But I know it is no match for the cross of Jesus Christ, no match for the stone rolled away of a risen savior. So I pray in the name of and power of Jesus and the same spirit that raised him from the dead, that you will deal a death blow to what the enemy has done with my friends for some time. Would you remind them of their forgiveness? Would you remind them of your great love for them? Would they walk from this room in freedom and joy? Would you do a new thing? I thank you for redemption. I thank you for your great grace. Amen stay as long as you want. We're going to sing. If you want to see us out at the Alpha table, we'll be out there. God bless you, friends.